It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. We have a two-tier justice system, but now in another fashion. As they look to build a new FBI headquarters and the Senate appropriations bill for fiscal year 2022 includes uh, that provision. Of course, there'll be 180 days of coming up with the plan to build that out. The same Justice Department uh, has a two-tiered approach to dealing with, oh, Hunter Biden and James Biden and Joe Biden versus let's say, a Steve Bannon or anyone on the right or anyone associated with the right. See, we talked about two-tiered justice in the form of those who have and those who have not, have access to better defense, better legal structures, those who do not rely on public defenders. But really, we've come to a point where that plus a left versus right justice system is more where we are. They're in charge in Washington, and they are using their power. And the latest example is the targeting of American citizens. Make no bones about it. When you read something as you do with any book or document, you look at not only the words, but the context and the intent that you try to discern from that. And when you read the memo issued by Merrick Garland, the attorney general, to work with U.S. attorneys' offices, state and local law enforcement, to come up with a plan by November 4 of how to deal with those who go to school board meetings and those who may be classified and brought into the federal system as a potential domestic terrorist, it's not to be taken lightly. It is the arm and weight of the justice system threatening Americans for daring to voice their opinion, not stating even with any intent or otherwise the distinction between those who threaten which is wrong, which is illegal, and the fact that law enforcement already exists at the local level to deal with that. Targeting American parents, Biden administration finds new domestic terrorists by my next guest, Michael Cutler, in his article on Front Page Mag. Michael, welcome back to the show. I got to tell you, Michael, this this two-tier is now taking a left-right turn, and they are exercising their power, aren't they? They are. It's it's frightening. Thank you so much for having me on, and thank you for the great work you do, David, uh, alerting our fellow Americans to the insanity that passes for governance. A long time ago, I wrote an article where I, I called the politicians out for governing under the influence, under the influence of ideology, under the influence of bribes, which are what campaign contributions are. Uh, you know, go back to the Nixon administration with his political enemies list where he wanted to weaponize the IRS. Uh, and now you see where the Biden administration wants to double or perhaps even add more people than that to the Internal Revenue Service, provide access to everyone's bank accounts so they can go on fishing expeditions. And if it's not handled equally, where they could just say, oh, Mike Cutler's got a big mouth and he's on radio and he's saying things we don't like, let's scrutinize his applications. Let's scrutinize his taxes and his bank account. So this then becomes the political police. And and that's exactly where I fear we're headed. 
we have a serious problem with international terrorism. You know, I provided testimony to the 9-11 Commission. I was an immigration agent for 30 years. And one of the things I did as an immigration agent, I spent half my career with the Drug Task Force. I've investigated and arrested terrorists. Immigration was the key reason that not only on 9-11, but repeatedly terrorists have been able to enter the United States, attack us, and kill people. And after the debacle in Afghanistan, which has once again created a, a state, if you will, run by terrorists for terrorists, we've given them tens of billions of dollars in armament. Everybody who's been talking about this, including the military leaders, have said, yes, we are at a greater risk of terrorism now than we've ever been. But all that the Biden administration and Garland and all these characters want to focus on are Americans who might stand up at school board meetings to look out for the best interests of their children. You know, when you're out in the woods, they say if you find a bear, a cub, stay away because mama bear or papa bear might be nearby and think you're trying to hurt their baby and then all hell breaks loose. Well, the same thing applies to human children. And I really think that the Biden administration has overreached to the point that there's no pulling back from the edge. Everyone sees the evil intent behind what they're doing. And, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg had an interesting quote. She said that the mascot of America should not be the bald eagle, but a pendulum. Get too far in one direction, it's going to come back and smack you. And when Garland can tell people that we need to focus on Americans who might have different political views, might be concerned about vaccinations or whatever, and become a little bit too obstreperous, then perhaps we should be looking at them as domestic terrorists. But meanwhile, as the anniversary of 9-11 approached, believe it or not, DHS, I call it the Department of Homeland Surrender under Mayorkas. By the way, just for your audience to know this, and I've written about Mayorkas, he was the head of citizenship and immigration services under Obama. The employees there said that he was ordering people to get to yes and approve applications of visas that never should have been approved. They complained to the Office of Inspector General Internal Affairs, if you will. They found serious malfeasance by this guy. Now he's the head of DHS. And just a couple of weeks before the anniversary of 9-11, his whole focus on the threat of terrorism emanating from within the United States by citizens of the United States. And even when he addressed the issue of international terrorists, ISIS, Al-Qaeda, other radical Islamist terrorist groups, his concern was that these groups might post stuff on the Internet to inspire Americans to carry out attacks inside the United States. Not one word about looking for foreign terrorists, securing the borders, enforcing immigration laws, cracking down on visa fraud. And now, in fact, what they want to do over at Homeland Surrender is to no longer look to denaturalize aliens who get citizenship by lying on their applications. And remarkably, it turns out that an adjudicator at Citizenship and Immigration Services had lied multiple times to become a naturalized United States citizen and is being prosecuted for making false claims. And this individual, for seven years, as I recall the number, worked for Homeland Security adjudicating applications for immigration benefits. And, and let's remember what the 9-11 Commission found. Immigration fraud was the key method of entry and embedding for the terrorists. Everyone's watching the Mexican border, and that's a disaster. And we know that Hezbollah is working with human traffickers throughout Latin America to move drugs and including sleeper agents into the United States. But once they're here, between sanctuary policies of the sanctuary cities and states, we're giving driver's licenses to illegal aliens. Meanwhile, motor vehicles are the weapon of choice by terrorists around the world. We're ignoring immigration laws. 
Biden has now told immigration agents through Mayorkas, through DHS, they will no longer punish or go after employers of illegal aliens unless they mistreat them. Otherwise, you can hire anybody you want. You can get rid of all of your American workers and bring in only illegal aliens. We will Just not don't mistreat them. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it goes beyond the ridiculous. But, you know, a couple things that I want to focus in on here in your article in Front Page, Mac, My, Michael. First, <clears throat> the point you made earlier uh, that, you know, when you have all these various ways of taking action, the IRS, you weaponize the IRS against the American people. You use, you know, local, you know, state and local law enforcement as partners to report on parents. And you see this administration, and I'm so glad you point this out in your article on Front Page Mag, about DHS establishing a new dedicated domestic terrorism branch within the department's Office of Intelligence and Analysis and establishing the Center for Prevention Programs and Partnerships to help build local prevention frameworks to provide opportunities with tools uh, communities, rather, with the tools they need to counter terrorism and other targeted violence. It's not that they're diminishing, in in a sense. They're adding to this and making it easier for basically an American who comes from a certain ideological bent or maybe feels there's something a certain way to rat on someone else who ends up in the federal system. And you, let's face it, the average American can't fight the federal government and they're leaving this in place if biden's gone let's say in a scenario that the republicans win god knows there's enough problems with them and biden's out of office in four years this office still exists that's right and and so let's look let's use let's look at something that's happened in the past that's gone sideways um, it was under Kennedy and under his brother, Robert Kennedy, that they created the RICO statutes, racketeering statutes to go after organized crime. Well, guess what? Since that time, back in the 60s, when they went after the mob, more people have been prosecuted for racketeering who have no affiliation with organized crime than organized crime. When the Patriot Act was passed, my concern wasn't that we would be going after terrorists. God knows, I wish we could eradicate the terrorists. But once you start to make it easier to prosecute people, secret courts, no access to the accusers, et cetera, et cetera, what happens when an overzealous prosecutor turns around and says, wow, forget terrorists. Why don't we use it against Joe Smith? This guy is a tax evader. We could really hammer him with this, and he won't be able to defend himself. So we're going to wind up turning the FBI and DHS into the Stasi from from East Germany. And I remember I was a federal agent for 30 years. I had a desk at the FBI and DEA. I worked with foreign governments. And there was always a sense that justice was at the foundation of our decisions. But let's face it. If you follow anybody around, I think it was Alan Dershowitz, the brilliant Dershowitz, who I'm a big fan of, said that um, everybody commits at least a couple felonies a day, whether they realize it or not. So if you don't like Mike Cutler, you don't like David Webb, we're just going to follow them, and sooner or later, they're going to do something that we can go after, and then we got them. We'll snag them. And if that's not good enough, we'll encourage neighbors to rat out neighbors, which is how the communists operated and how the Nazis operated. And now you have governors like um, this, this imbecile in West Virginia saying that parents should have no voice in the way their children are educated. 
The problem we have in America today is that we don't have enough parental involvement in their children. And if you really want social justice, we need to raise children so that they respect the law, respect each other, and live the, the American dream. Uh, social justice doesn't involve cutting criminals loose when they're 18 years old so they can victimize more people. If you really want to take care of people, including the minority communities and people living in poverty, it starts with a good education and a good family situation. And now you have the governor of West Virginia who's running for re-election saying, oh, Virginia, I think you mean Virginia with that. I lost my mind, David. No, you haven't lost your mind, Michael. Believe me, you, you, maybe you and I are sharing more of a brain as we have over the years on these issues. Yeah, you know, what I see here, big picture, and then, of course, the examples you're giving and that, that I've given, big picture is it's more about control and more about the ability to have it in place if needed for any scenario. I, I mentioned it briefly before, but I want to go back to this point, and I think it, you reinforced it uh, with the examples of the, the Robert Kennedy era and on through the, the misapplication of existing systems and agencies or departments that the, 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 the progressive left, the Biden, the bigger government insertion crowd, whatever title or term they want to use, they're smart because they put things in place that don't leave when the elected officials change. It, I, I, my, my, big question and challenge there's how do we how do we undo some of that how do we block it because once that new department's in place and they're funded and they've got resources and computers maybe a brand new fbi building a couple of years from now they're not going to work themselves out of a job no bureaucracies tend to be self-serving You know, you want to add more money and more people and more technology because you build an empire that way. J. Edgar Hoover took a, a, you know, a backwater agency that it became the FBI because he built it into the FBI. and He was brilliant at public relations. Okay, so generally, once we create an agency, you're right. The thing continues to grow and it feeds itself. Uh, But at the same time, what are we losing? You know, I, I, it was, I believe, Ben Franklin who said that if you are willing to exchange freedom for security, you'll have neither. What security do we have when we have to be fearful of law enforcement? Law-abiding people should never look at law enforcement with fear. And that's the beauty of freedom, that the government is supposed to keep you safe. How safe are we being kept when you look at what's going on on the Mexican border? And, and I just have to tell you, There's a magazine, Mexico News Daily. This is published in Mexico, October 13th, just a couple days ago. Here's the headline. From Hawk to Hitman, how criminal gangs recruit youth to their ranks. Study fights, voluntary recruitment is common. No surprise when the take-home pay could be 35,000 pesos a month. And it starts out saying Eduardo was a cartel lookout at 13, selling drugs at 15, and trained to become a hitman a short time later. Right now, they're estimating that there are 30,000 such minors in Mexico working for the cartels as hitmen. And we have an open border, and we have children being flown all over the United States. I began investigating MS-13 back around 1992. It was a tiny problem. It was in Virginia. It was in New York. It was in Los Angeles. Because of the Obama unaccompanied minors program, 
MS-13 has metastasized like a tumor. It's in 40 states. The most likely victim are the members of the ethnic Latino immigrant community. And the same thing could be said for all ethnic communities. Human nature is human nature, whether it's Asian organized crime, the Jamaican drug posses, the Israeli mob, the Italian mob. doesn't matter. So, well, you know, hit hit pause for a second, Michael. Law enforcement now. Hit pause for a second. You just triggered an idea, and I don't know if it's brilliant or scary or both. And I'm saying that about myself. You too, you're brilliant. And sometimes you scare me with your truth. But we have 45,000 unaccounted for unaccompanied minors, Mm -hmm. according to one of the latest uh, reports. During July and August... 37,805 unaccompanied minors were caught entering the U.S. from Mexico. The breeding ground and the recruiting ground are these minors for MS-13, whether in Queens, New York, Long Island, or anywhere else. Let's pivot a little bit on this for a few minutes. If we create a a literal recruiting group for these gangs— these gangs are going to get more deadly, more dangerous. They're going to get bigger, aren't they? They are, and they're being funded by the drugs, and the drugs are flowing in. By the way, think of where El Chapo Guzman was prosecuted. Everyone keeps talking about the Mexican border. He was prosecuted in Brooklyn, a couple of miles from Chuck Schumer's house, the Eastern District of New York. He turned Roosevelt Avenue into his hub for East Coast distribution of his narcotics. Why? Because we have sanctuary policies. We've been doing everything possible as a country to make it easy for terrorists, drug dealers, and gangs to enter our country. Here's the question every politician should be made to ask, and be made to answer, rather. How are your proposals and policies in the best interests of Americans? Simple question. Why should Americans be happy that you're flooding America with unaccompanied minors? Why should you be thrilled that you want to legalize what he claims is our 11 million, and, and Yale University pegs the number at well over double that, and this was years ago. I argue it would be 30 million, but the real number is over 100 million because they could immediately bring their children and their parents to the United States legally. How is it in the best interest of America to bring 100 million more immigrants to America literally overnight when you at the same time talk about the environment, and we have problems with water shortages and electricity and education and transportation. This would crash the system. See, I wrote an article a while back for Front Page, and I said that for the Democrats to succeed, and full disclosure, I'm a lifelong registered Democrat. These folks aren't Democrats any longer. But I said that for the Democrats to succeed, Americans must fail. This is about making Americans dependent on government. And when you listen to the nonsense about immigration, well, the Republicans want cheap labor, and everyone says, well, what are you going to do? What does that mean? That means we're going to destroy wages and job opportunities for Americans. That's why I did not become a Republican. And what do the Democrats say? To win elections, we need to import voters. Why? Why can't they stand on their record and say, look at the great things we did. Every American is going to want to vote for us. Both parties are betraying us. Both parties are manipulating the system because they want power and wealth and they could give a rat's tail about what happens to America or Americans, in my judgment. Immigration has become a delivery system. It delivers an unlimited supply of cheap, exploitable labor. I promise you there's no compassion there. An unlimited supply of foreign tourists. That's why we have a dangerous visa waiver program. An unlimited supply of foreign students. Who do you think educated the Chinese engineers that are building hypersonic missiles right now? 
and most importantly, an unlimited supply of clients for immigration law firms. And where do Americans fit in? Nowhere to be found. What do you think of that assessment, David? It is frighteningly accurate, my friend, and we've got to stop here. But you know what? That's a good point to stop on. I want people to take note of what they just heard and think carefully and also read your article at Front Page Mag. I'll put it up again on my social media. Michael, keep up the good work. I appreciate the help you you serve me a lot of good information that we need to get out there. Well, I just hope that all of your listeners will take the information and spread it. Be part of what I call my bucket brigade of truth. We need to have conversations with one another, folks. Um, this is a country of the people, by the people, for the people. Uh, it's about our children's future and our grandchildren's future. We've got work to do. We've got to cut out for us, don't we? Yes, we do. Thank you very much, Michael Cutler. As always, and you can read him at Front Page Mag. Uh, lots there on these issues. Retired senior special agent and uh, at the former INS. You can join me live on the David Webb Show Monday to Friday, 9 to noon east on Sirius XM Patriot 125.